And today we're going to hear from a layperson. Uh, and God just doesn't work in ordained staff. <laughs> God works in all of us. And so we wanted to hear from some of you as to your faith story. And so today uh, I'm going to introduce to you in just a second a, a young woman who uh, has become part of our congregation, and we'll hear her story. We're going to do this in an inter interview format. Uh, I thought it would be a bit daunting to ask somebody to come up and kind of preach a sermon, so we are going to try something different tonight or today. Um, and so we will have an interview, and you'll hear uh, Kathy's story through the interview. Also wanted to hear from a woman. God just doesn't work in men's lives, but in women's lives as well. So we wanted to hear from a woman, and we'll hear from one more woman before this uh, series is over. And so um, I want to call Kathy up. Kathy, come on up and sit up here. Kathy is very brave, don't you think, to do this? <laughs> uh, the biggest obstacle for me to... Um, convince her to do this was she said nobody's going to want to hear my story. It wasn't so much that she was nervous about doing this, it was more what's so special about my story. But I will say this, I think every story is special. And I, one of the reasons I wanted Kathy to share is because I think as you listen to her story, you'll find uh, maybe bits of your own story in, in her story. And also I think her story is very uh, typical of people today and uh, especially people in her age group and, and kind of her faith journey. So, Kathy, thanks for doing this. Um, and I'll come down here and sit next to you. Uh, let's pray before we begin this conversation. God, we thank you uh, for how you work in our lives. And we thank you that, wow, in your love and um, in your mysterious ways that you reach out to us and you reveal yourself to us. Uh, we thank you that every story is unique, every story is different, uh, but also very much the same in that uh, we come to realize your love, your unconditional um, and really furious love for us. And so be with Kathy today as she shares. Uh, we pray that you would really bless this time, that your Holy Spirit would help us to see our own story and her story, and also how we might grow uh, in our relationship with you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So I have my notes on my phone here, um, and so I'll be looking down at that from time to time. But Kathy, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for doing this. Uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself, like your family, um, where you live, or how you've ended up coming here, and things like that. I live in Lafayette, and I'm married, and I have two teenagers. My daughter is 18, and my son is 16. And your daughter's just about ready to go off to college. That's right. So big transition. Couple weeks. <laughs> so Kathy, tell us a little bit about your faith background. Uh, maybe as a child, if you had any religious uh, background growing up in your family. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Um, my dad was raised Jewish and my mother was raised Catholic. And then when they got together, um, I think they couldn't make a decision. And so they decided to raise us without any religion. And then my parents got divorced when I was nine. And so my mom then took us to the Catholic church and um, we attended mass sporadically. Um, but 
I did participate in the CCD classes. I think now they're called faith formation. And I do believe that it planted, you know, some seeds of faith for me then. Um, and then, you know, when I was 14 or 15, maybe, someone invited me to a youth group at the Presbyterian Church called Challenge. And it was run by this really amazing guy, Steve Shipstead. <laughs> um, but truly, you know, Steve, as you all know, really lives the teaching of Christ. And that was very impressive and influential and inspiring to me. And I made a lot of good friends, and we, it was really fun. Steve made it really fun. Um, and I definitely started to feel the presence of God, and I started praying, and I started um, studying the Bible. And, you know, then I went off to college, and it wasn't an intentional choice, but I just got away from going to church and whatnot. Can I stop you for just yes. a second? Yes. Uh -huh. So, interesting that somebody invited you. Mm-hmm. You know, as I hear different stories about people coming to faith, almost invariably, and I think this is really important for our church to know, is almost invariably, it's someone just saying, hey, come and see. You know, come and see what I'm experiencing at a youth group or at a church. Um, and as you started coming to this youth group, uh, run by this amazing youth pastor, <laughs> um, what, did you see any changes in your life? Did you, um, or did your, your parents see any changes or your friends? Yes, my mother said that I became a lot nicer. You know, I was a teenager. <laughs> so that was good. And, you know, I was looking through a photo album before I, you know, came to talk today, and I had some pictures in there from kids that I was in challenge with and had written myself some notes in the photo album. And I remembered that it was just such a joyful time for me. Um, and I felt really cared about and loved and um, was very impressed by the idea of unconditional love from Jesus. So that was meaningful. Yeah, this love changes us. Um, it really does. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting when we get in touch with this horizontal love that God has for us, it changes our vertical relationships. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, it, when I was a youth pastor in Pleasanton and, and Kathy was in this group, we had a lot of kids who came from non-church backgrounds. I mean, most of the group were kids uh, that had no religious background. And I would often uh, ask them about a year into attending the youth group. I'd, I'd often, without prompting anything or, or trying to put words in their mouth, I would often ask them, you know, what difference has realizing God's love made in your life. And here was the interesting reply. Almost always they said, you know, I, I'm nicer to the nerds. <laughs> I, I'm nicer to the kids that I would have never paid attention to, which I thought was really interesting. And they also said, and I'm nicer to my parents, <laughs> which is a really interesting thing because Jesus says that that love is going to change your relationship with others. And so that's what, what happened to you. Mm -hmm. So after high school, uh, you went off to college and ended up at Cal. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, well, like I was saying, it wasn't an intentional decision, but I definitely, you know, just sort of strayed. I think I got busy with life. Um, I fell madly in love with my husband while I was there. And um, his religious background, his grandfather was a Baptist minister, but a lot of fire and brimstone and, you know, just the, the message that you should be fearful of God. And um, that really turned him off, unfortunately. So... Um, I, I would say that was somewhat of an influence, you know, in terms of me getting away from going to church and whatnot. And I would add here, too, that I hear this a lot. And I think some of us have had that kind of background mm -hmm. uh, where we've had a bad experience in a church. Uh, and oftentimes a church that preaches a, a God who is not loving. And we hear a lot of guilt and shame. And I have to tell you, there are a lot of people... Mm -hmm. <laughs> out there who want nothing to do with the church uh, because of that kind of experience. Um, so just beware of that as you're talking to people. I think that's a common experience, and I can understand why. It's a, it, those are really toxic, painful environments. So uh, it, there are a lot of wounded people out there. Um, so, so you met Steve, you I fell in love, <laughs> and... Um, and then another significant piece, I think, is I started doing a lot of yoga and practicing yoga and teaching yoga and got very involved in that community. Um, and if you would have met me then, I would have said, you know, I have a really strong spiritual life. Um, but looking back, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but I realized that I was seeking a relationship with God without actually doing the work. <laughs> So, um, you know, it made a difference when, when I did start to pray and come to church and listen to God. Um, but part of that, I, I did establish a meditation practice, I meditation, or I meditate um, for 20 minutes every morning, and Steve was asking me if that has changed, and I would say it has because it's, it's um, allowed me to get really quiet and calm and then pray. Um, and that's been, that's been really powerful for me. Yeah, and when I, I asked you, you know, is there a certain verse mm -hmm. in the Bible or passage of Scripture that has really uh, meant a lot to you mm -hmm. in, in your relationship with God? You, you quoted one. I did. You know? um, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am with you. Or I am God. Or I am God. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think I've always been drawn to practices that make me still. Um, even when I was little, I liked to pray the rosary. And um, then this meditation practice, and I definitely considered my yoga practice a moving meditation. So, um, yeah, that's been important to me. And, and that verse, I think I resonated with that, especially because of the be still part. Yeah, and I, I think that's really true. I mean, one of my favorite writers is Henry Nouwen, and he's a Catholic, spiritual writer, psychotherapist who's uh, passed away. But he would often say, busyness is the number one uh, obstacle to leading a spiritual life. And so I, I think that's really true. We have to be still mm -hmm. uh, to hear that still small voice of God and meditation is a great way to do it. I know many of you uh, meditate, and um, and we have a, a class here on 
Wednesdays, I think, right here in the sanctuary. Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, led by um, Steve Main and Sarah Hirsch, uh, a meditation class. So definitely, and as we uh, plan our spiritual formation program for next year, that's one of the task forces that's working right now, uh, we are definitely going to have a, a contemplative um, kind of uh, strand of that to help people learn how to be still and how to hear the voice of God. And I, I think our society is crying out for it. And it seems like that was a need that you had in your life, was just to be still. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so that takes, you had kids. I you did. Got busy. I got married. I had two children. I definitely was busy. Um, and then I went to my 30th high school reunion and I reconnected with some kids, now adults, obviously, who had been in challenge with me. And they said, oh, Steve is down at First Press in Berkeley. And I thought I better go say hi. Um, and, you know, looking back, it's it's pretty hard not to see the hand of God in that um, reunion. So I did. I went down and said hello, and here I am. <laughs> Came up after worship one day, and we hadn't seen each other in 30 years, 31 or 32 years. Right. Uh, and so we reconnected. Mm -hmm. And so you just didn't want to see me. Uh, you also wanted to kind of find a church home. So, True. So what was going on in your life at that time? Gosh, you know, I, I've told Steve this. I, I had on my to-do list for years, find a church. <laughs> and I don't know why it took me quite so long. Um, but I live in Lafayette, and I do, I, I feel lucky to live there. It's a beautiful town. But I definitely was having a hard time finding community. I felt like a lot of the social um, activities revolved around drinking, and I don't drink. Um, and just in general, a kind of a lack of community and feeling like I belong. And finding a group of people that... Are like-minded, definitely. Yeah. So you started getting involved, you started coming to worship. I did. And I, I have to say, Kathy is an every Sunday worshiper. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you've missed many. Of course, uh, I'm going to be gone next week. So, <laughs> nobody look for me. But when you're in town, you're here. True. So big, big change. Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit. What happened? What was going on in your life? Um, I got involved with Street Meal Ministries at First Press, and so twice a week I serve at a Meal for the Homeless, and I just I do love the emphasis on service. Um, and I made some really good friends there, and it just felt really good to feel like, you know, I was making a little tiny bit of difference and that what I do matters. Um, and I find coming to church just uh, the most amazing sense of peace, and I just find it very grounding, especially for my week. I mean, I always say to anyone who asks, it's my favorite part of the week, <laughs> coming to church. And it's been a pretty emotional Yes, I often find myself crying, which is interesting because I'm not really a crier. I don't think of myself as a crier. And I mentioned it to Steve, and he said, that's the Holy Spirit. And that made a lot of sense to me. So if you see me crying, don't worry, I'm fine. <laughs> I, often, I, of, I often hear this from people mm -hmm. who come back and come into a place like this. And in fact, on July 4th, when we had root beer floats, served them up here, there was... 
two older men who sat in the courtyard after everybody left and I started talking to them and I said, would, and they remarked how beautiful the courtyard uh, is. And I said, well, you think the courtyard's beautiful, <laughs> you should see the sanctuary. <laughs> so I said, would you like me to open it up? And they said, oh yeah, we'd love to see it. So I brought them in here and one of the men started just crying. And I think it's a sense of home, mm -hmm. that oftentimes you walk into a sanctuary like this, you feel like you're coming home. And Was that kind of your experience? Definitely, that was part of my experience. I also just, I sit in that pew every week and I look around at you know, all this carved wood and the beautiful stained glass and I, I think of the craftsmen, craftspeople who you know, built it and it's just, so obviously a sacred space, and I feel like it was designed to lift us up and be a part of that sacredness, and it's just so special. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course, everybody has been so welcoming and kind, um, and that's really made a difference. I um, became really good friends with Marilyn, and I sit with her every week. Since I come to church by myself, she sort of adopted me, and um, being a it's just been a gift to get to know her. She's been really generous with her time and her support, and she's very wise. So if you haven't met Marilyn, I encourage you, raise your hand, Marilyn. <laughs> she's a wonderful person. But you know, it's, been, it's just a really nice um, opportunity to get to know people, especially of different ages and that kind of thing. I live in the suburbs, so I pretty much you know, hang out with people who are my age for the most part. So you've been coming down for uh, a little over a year and a half, mm -hmm. and you've joined the church. Mm -hmm. um, so before you 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 kind of described yourself as spiritual, mm -hmm. you always and you never felt like God left you. No, I definitely always believed in God, and I yeah. even you know at the end of my yoga practice, I would definitely say thank you, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But. So what what difference has coming to worship and getting involved in the life of the church? made in your life? Well, I mean, it makes me more conscious of being grateful and what kind of person I want to be. And um, like I said, just a really profound sense of peace and grounding. And um, I love the emphasis on service and just getting involved and just knowing that the way I live my life is important. All of the reminders that we get every week. Um, yeah. So you've done a couple things to help grow in your faith. One of them is you've got involved in a life group, one of the, the small group ministry here at our church that we've had. You started last fall. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. What difference that's made for you? That's been wonderful. You know, when Steve encouraged me to do that, I kind of thought, hmm, do I want to take on one more thing, you know, in an evening, because it's a busy time with my kids with sports and everything. But it's been really positive. There's just some really lovely people in my small group. And I mean, they're just very kind. And it's made a difference. Um, you know, my daughter's going off to college and I've encouraged her to find a church when she gets there. And one of the things that I said is, it's just really nice to have another group of people who care about you and care about your life and will pray for you. Um, and this group has prayed for you. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting that since you've kind of come back to church and, and reconnected to God in a new way, 
it hasn't been a bed of roses. I mean, you've hit some hard times. Yeah, definitely. Um, some little things like I, I got in an accident and split home, split open my chin and both my hands were sprained. And then um, an extended member of my family who I love very much uh, attempted suicide. And um, my mother died. And then recently I started having seizures and, you know, went through that whole process to figure out what was going on. They were worried that I had a brain tumor and it turned out to be epilepsy. So. Um, you know, I was recently diagnosed with that. I lost my driver's license, which of course is necessary, but kind of a pain. Um, but just knowing, I, you know, I remember when I shared with the group that I was waiting to find out what my diagnosis was and the whole group prayed for me and that just felt really powerful. And in general, even, you know, in church, when we all bow our heads and pray together, I just... Again, it feels very powerful and meaningful and important to me. I do think, you know, having your own prayer practice, of course, is important. But when we do it together as a group, it's, it's different and it's really nice. It was funny when, we, when you came back and shared that you had epilepsy. You said, I didn't think I'd ever be uh, thankful for a diagnosis of <laughs> epilepsy. <laughs> but far better than a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Through all those experiences and through this, this reconnection with God, what, what would you say is the difference for you now, if you could point to one thing? Just, you know, feeling God's presence in my life and um, being part of a community and finding um, a lot of like-minded people has been really, really a gift. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just knowing, you know, going through those challenges, I guess, just that being a Christian and a person of faith doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be perfectly smooth. I mean, we all know that, but life can be challenging sometimes. But it's made a difference to me to feel like God is with me through those challenges. I mean, that, that um, verse that I shared, I, I've used it at different times almost like a mantra to calm, my, calm myself down. And so that has been wonderful. <laughs> I often say, you know, really the, the promise of the gospel is not that life's going to be free of pain. In fact, Jesus says, expect it. It's going to be hard, but I will be with you. And you're never alone. And so uh, that verse reminds us of that. So, Kathy, thanks for sharing. <laughs> we, uh, you can stay right here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, think of your own life. How has God moved in your life? How does God continue to move in your life? We need to, uh, we need to be able to recognize that God is always moving. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll take this morning's offering. Can you say one more? Yeah, go ahead. I just, you know, going through this process of thinking about my faith journey has been really meaningful. Um, so I encourage you to do the same, even if it's just to tell a friend or write it down or anything like that, that it's, it's just been really nice to be conscious of it and, and to realize that there, there was a process, even if I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, it's really true. I had to write a story, I had to write a paper on myself one time for my doctorate on leadership and how God develops leadership in, in uh, us. And 
I have 70 pages of writing about myself. <laughs> I got so sick of it myself by the end. I, I needed to move on to something else. But here's what happened many times during that, the writing and thinking back. I came to tears because it forced me to sit down and look at my life and see how God was with me all the time, putting people in my life, uh, giving me experiences that uh, I just never saw them all come together at one time. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, for Kathy's life, and we pray that you continue to draw her close to yourself, that she would more and more experience your, your presence and your goodness, your love. Uh, we pray that for all of us, and we, uh, we thank you that each of us has this story, and we all have reasons for hope. And so help us to take time and to think back over our lives and how you have um, come to us over and over and over again. Uh, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.